Welcome to What's Left to Do. I'm your host, Janelle. This week, we will hear from the clapback queen and literal reader of DNC receipts, Nomi Key Konst. Long before she became a lefty media figure, she was a precocious little one raised in an intergenerational Greek-American home with doting grandparents. Though things were a little rough at times, she still had the spunk and zeal she's known for today. here with well i'll give you a little bit of a clue she came to my my uh she came most strongly to my attention that's a weird way of saying that she came most strongly to my attention years ago when i saw her go ape shit on the like truth and reconciliation (laughs) um like inquiry thing in the wake of 2016 and homegirl lost it and i was like ooh. mm -hmm." That's okay. We're, I'm going to, one day I'm going to find a way to talk to her because I would like to know what, what was going on that led you up to that moment. But in addition to that moment, you have seen her before on her own show uh, that goes by, uh, that is her namesake show. Namesake show. That's, you all know what the fuck I'm trying to say. Uh, She's also formerly of the Young Turks. You see her on all sorts of shows, uh, on The Hill, um, on what's uh, Crystal and Sauger's show that they used to have. Um, I think you were a guest on there. You've seen her all over. Uh, She is not new to this. She is true to this. (laughs) I'm sitting I'm sitting here today with Nomi Ki Konst. How are you doing? Oh my God, you said my name perfectly. I practiced. You know, I that, that tells me a lot about who somebody is. Thank you. Yes. It's no, because I very, take this seriously. I appreciate it. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm spectacular. No. I, uh, I'm sitting on a couch with you yes. and it's... I have a couch. So that's a good thing. <laughs> and I didn't two I days ago. <laughs> Yes, we have we have been working on making this happen for quite some months. She is a busy you she is the busiest. So, but we figured it out. And Sorry. No, no, don't. It's apologize. the gig economy. I've got like six jobs. That's my problem. <laughs> That's right. right. We think she's Greek, but she's actually Jamaican with all of these jobs that she holds <laughs> that she holds down. Um, I am so interested in hearing your story because, like, you know, people, you're you're someone that is very well known. People have been reading you, listening to you for years. Um, and you you have you're you're very consistent um in uh, articulating your beliefs um and contextualizing kind of this the the state of kind of things as it relates to like leftist politics for us um and i, I would i'm dying to know how we got there mm. um so let's start at the beginning where are you from oh okay um how i got there i love that question and i feel like this is really important on the left in particular right now because we're a growing movement and we 
are also in a time when people are very quick to judge and quick to question. Someone's like, you know, how how left they are. I've been seeing a lot of this online lately. And um, and I think it's really important because everyone evolves into you know, leftist politics for different reasons. That's right. Not everyone's, you know. Everyone takes a different road. Pete Buttigieg was raised by a Marxist professor, so was Kamala Harris. Uh, if you know how, how, yeah. how they got there. Yeah, that's, that's right. what I want to know. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> how did you, like, lose it all? Like, you guys should be better than you are. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, even if you do have that pure background, like, it doesn't always mean that you no, end up the right way. Absolutely not. So I appreciate that. I think it's a really interesting. Yeah. I'm I'm curious to hear other people's paths into where they, yeah, yeah, yeah. how they landed there. But I was born at Tucson Medical Center Whoa. in Tucson, Arizona. Mm. Um, my mom had grown up in Tucson, born in Chicago, and my dad uh, went to school in Tucson and met my mom there. Mm -hmm. And we moved when I was five. And uh, my mom's side of the family is still all there. In Tucson. In Tucson, okay. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but I was, you know, eventually we went back to Buffalo, New York, where my dad was from. And oh. uh, I was raised there. Okay. And, yeah. Both both parents Greek? Both parents are Greek, yeah. Oh, okay, all right. Um, where, so what, do you do you have any waking memories of zero to five in Tucson? Or oh, mostly, yeah. Okay. Oh, definitely. What was um, it like? Uh, my, my mom's parents, my grandparents on my mother's side, were... Uh, very, very, I was extremely close to them. They, mm -hmm. she, my grandmother, my great grandmother really spent, um, and my grandfather, of course, uh, spent most of their time raising me because my mm -hmm. mom was a teacher. Ah, uh, okay. And so it, she, like a secondary mm -hmm. school or? She was a third grade teacher. Gotcha. Okay. So she, um, was working and mm -hmm. my dad was working. And, sure. You know, so it was my, my grandmother's, my great grandmother, my grandmother and my grandfather who raised me mm -hmm. and. Doted on you. Do doted. I was the first grandchild too. Spoiled. It was like a Spoiled. little. Don't lie. Don't lie. Spoiled. It was like, I would say they fed me a lot. I don't know about spoiled because they're immigrant parents. So they like, no, they recycled their tinfoil. There was no buying stuff spoiled. Like their idea no, of spoiling. No, but you could, you could pout and stomp your foot and get what you wanted out of grandma. No. No? I, it's hard to, because to, they were so anti-materialistic that like we didn't, you know, my idea of like having a hissy fit over something would be like, can we go to McDonald's mm -hmm. one day this week? Just maybe. <laughs> um, and they, you know, because they would like it and it was cheap, sure. they would go. <laughs> but they were very, I can't, there's no way of explaining how cheap they were. Like my grandmother's a seamstress, so she could make everything. And my grandfather like never saw a Sam's Club free food thing <laughs> that he didn't love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My dad is like that. It was, but, and that's kind of how my, especially my mother. My mother's still to this day like that. She, you know, the idea of buying anything, you know, brand new or yeah. Let me look for the use first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is, which kind of, we were, before we came on, we were talking about Marketplace and how I'm just like obsessed with buying Facebook. used yeah, furniture yeah, yeah. right now. That's right. Um, so that was it. I mean, I was raised by my grandparents and they were uh, political refugees from ah. Southern Albania, um, Whoa. Greek community in Southern Albania uh -huh. and under Hoja and escaped and, um, World War II. And yeah, World War II, a little bit after for my grandfather. Uh -huh. Uh, but it was, you know, and it was, they had a really tough life and did, did you, me. <laughs> you, did you understand though what they were, how they explained it to you? Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting cause, um, I'm the only person on that side of the family that's like in politics or journalism or anything mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. that. So I think I, I had an inclination to ask them more, mm -hmm. but um, it didn't really make sense until I went to the village that they went to uh, or they grew up in. Uh -huh. um, 
I was the first person who had immigrated to the United States or, you know, families of the immigrants mm-hmm. who went back to the village. Mm. Um, You're the first one out of everybody because it was just too painful or they're still nervous. Uh-huh. I don't know if people, if they weren't curious or mm. if they didn't have the courage. Mm. I say courage because it's not an easy place to get to. No, of course At not. all. Mm-hmm. It's, the most rem- it's the most remote area of all of Europe. Mm-hmm. Still to this day. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then, you know, when I went there, I was around my grandfather's sisters and, and um, nieces and nephews and so Who didn't cousins. Leave. They were stuck there until the wall uh, oh. went down. And then they moved to Athens and um, another city in, in Greece, mm-hmm. like in 1996, a few years later. Wow. It was a very poor area, uh-huh. very hard life. Uh. Um, and a very different path. I mean, I, I met my cousins who were my age mm-hmm. who really – lived a very difficult life. Like sure. My, I remember my mom told me she had to, I don't know how they did it. It was like in the 90s or late 80s. Um, they like had to smuggle in a television and like if they were caught, it would have been very, very bad. But my cousin showed me a picture of this television like a few weeks later. He's like, there's a the television. We still have it in our garage. And it's, I'm like, Meanwhile, I'm going to McDonald's and I'm like right, right, right. complaining that like I only get to go once a week. And sure. my cousin's like, we could get killed for watching one of three channels on the TV that was smuggled in from, wow. I don't know what killed at that stage of. of but certainly yeah. like harass, like it just yeah. wouldn't have been good. Yeah. yeah, yeah it, when yeah. my grandfather escaped, yes, they could have been killed, yeah. but they didn't have televisions then. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Whoa. Yeah. What did, what did you, when you finally went as an adult back to the village, like were certain things that you had been told or stories that you'd been told growing up did they kind of make more sense or were you understanding things in like technicolor like being here on the land mm-hmm. breathing the air looking at the i don't know the ruins or the the struggle i, I like did, did did things start to make more sense one million percent mm-hmm. i think that we took for granted my grandparents stories because we just heard them over and over. They were like myths. Sure, sure. We were like, yeah, 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 okay, you got I mean, of course I cared about it. And I, yeah, you know. But it didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't like clear and present. Like, right. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And you just didn't see, I think as you get older, you realize how close in time everything is. Mm-hmm. And obviously when I was younger, I was way closer in time. Sure. Um, yeah, they, 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 they passed away within four months of each other in 2017 mm-hmm. or their 90s. Mm-hmm. And then the next year I went, um, on my own and and oh after they passed after they passed okay, yeah okay. and I regret not going before but I I think it had to be that way I sure you know I, I it might have been too difficult for them to go back that's still... they they didn't want to go back of they course. actually um, went to Greece and they were very close to the border and um, this is I think in like ninety eight or something mm-hmm. um, and my grandfather and we didn't understand it so this is what's so crazy about this story mm-hmm. is you're getting pieces of the story and then I have you know. It, we're, we're fighting fascism right now, I, I believe. And yeah. so I think a lot of people are reading, going back and and, and reading history um, and the, about the resistance. Mm-hmm. And I think there's more information because of unsealed files about how like the CIA was involved yeah. in, in uh, specifically in this case in Albania and how Hoja was kind of, you know, was fighting with Stalin. And so he was on his own. And so there are all these things factored into essentially my being on this planet. Sure. Um, and my grandfather didn't tell me any of that stuff. He didn't tell me the historic context. Uh-huh. He would. He didn't start telling me stories until my grandmother had died in that four-month period between uh-huh. when she died and then he died. Uh-huh. And I would interview him all the time, but he 
we 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 were going through the house and and, grab, and we found some photos in the safe and I pulled them out and we did a slideshow and I said, can you tell me who this is? And mm-hmm. this is after maybe seven years of my interviewing him and building the trust. Yeah, for him to just say little things, mm-hmm. no context. It was almost like he was dropping hints, thinking that I would figure it out someday. Uh. So he said this one. Um, I saw a photo of him with a gun and I'm like, you were in the army. Mm-hmm. Never mentioned it before. Sure. Never first mentioned. Time. First time. First time. It, yeah. Here's the, my mom's like, I didn't know. Uh-uh. I'm like, you guys, why didn't you ask him anything? Right, <laughs> like, right. What's wrong with you? Right. You're waiting until his mid nineties. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he's like, I said, you know, what were you doing here? My, and then my mom's like, well, I think he was just training for something. They made everybody do it. And I said, mm-hmm. no, because he, what? He goes, no, no, no. I was, um, I was in the Greek army. Mm. He's, he's Greek. Yeah, yeah. But he's from Albania, so he's always going back and forth from the border because it's right across. He's on the, his town is in the mountains. Um, on the other side of the mountains is Greece. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, how are you in the Greek army? You know, this was before you escaped. And he said, oh, I was brought into the Greek army to spy because I'm Greek and I'm not loyal to the Albanians. He's not loyal to the Albanians. Right, it had right. to do with borders. Right. And... Um, I said, oh, oh my God. And he goes, yes, it was a special, a special unit. Oh, it gets better. So he's like, it's a special, special unit. Uh And, um, and we were supposed to go in and into Albania and, and I don't know what the secret secret mission or something. Um, he's like, I was a very good shooter, but he he goes, but I never had to shoot anything. Mm -hmm. And I said, what what do you mean? You never had, he goes, no, I never went into combat because the head of his unit, Mm -hmm. The general or whatever. Excuse my military. Right, lieutenant. Whatever. I don't know what the system is in in the resistance world. <laughs> like, um, the head of his unit turned out to be a double agent. Holy Hoja. shit! So they immediately shut it down. Ah. Uh. Flash forward. That was 2017. I have this video. Yeah. Which is why what you're doing is so important. Mm. And I'm in Greece this summer, and I'm listening to Fresh Air. Uh-huh. You know, NPR's yeah. Fresh Air. Uh-huh. And they're interviewing this guy who wrote a book about how CIA, the CIA had all these secret missions uh-huh. um, and information's being uncovered. But the biggest one that they had huh. was funding troops in northern Greece to Greeks from Albania yeah. to go into Albania and fight Hoja because he was weak, because uh-huh. he was isolated. And Hoja was the Albanian president. The Albanian dictator. Yeah, okay, okay. Or, however you want to call it. I mean, he was communist, but I would say he was more ruthless. It wasn't... It, Authoritarian, you know, like, exactly. brutal. Uh-huh. Exactly. So, I, um... This this is, like, the full story. This is crazy. So, the guy says, the author says, um, every single... It was a complete disaster by the CIA. Mm. Every single mission that went into to Albania, mm-hmm. they were all killed. Oh, fuck. And some of them... Didn't happen because they had double agents. Oh, so your grandfather's life was spared because of this double agent um, Crazy leader. Yeah. Ha! Huh. Now, here it gets even better. So I learned about this just uh, a few months ago. Yeah. In that same day that my grandfather is telling me um, the story, we always knew he escaped. Yes. But you know, he heard so many different stories. And I said, Papu, Papu's grandfather yeah. in Greek. Papu, can you explain to me? Like, how did you actually, I don't understand. There's this one piece I don't get. Mm -hmm. Like, I know why Yaya left, but why did you leave? Because they left at different times. Uh And he said, I had a guy come up to me um, who was a teacher, and he was a teacher too, my grandfather. Mm -hmm. And he came up to me, he was a fellow teacher of mine in the town. 
and he asked me to basically join a meeting and and be part of their their crew, yep. which was the official Communist Party mm-hmm. of of which is so crazy because my grandfather's very far left. So I this is why I really think it's important for people to study history. Yes, it's not it doesn't translate the same as our. It's not like the Paris Commune. No, no, this is an authoritarian. Mm-hmm. So he um. He says, oh, you know, come to this meeting. We really want you to come to the meeting because you speak Greek. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather, and then the guy said, you know, we'd love to send you into Greece. And mm-hmm. my grandfather said, I don't understand. Why do I have to go to this meeting? I don't want to be involved in anything political uh-huh. um, because it was dangerous yeah. to, to be involved. Yeah. And the guy just looks at him and he says, are you sure about that? Mm-hmm. And then my grandfather goes, wait, are you asking me to be a spy? Against the Greek people. Uh. And then the guy, and you can't see this as audio, so he had his hands open. He goes, we were like this, Uh open-handed, and now we're like this, flipped in reverse, which is basically like, you're dead to us. Mm. And what I now realize is they actually knew he was in this special group because he was compromised. And they were, okay, so they were trying to flip him. And they put him on a hit list. And my grandfather had to escape that night. And because if not, the, like that was the end for him. He was dead. Whoa. His family was probably dead. Whoa. So he, um, his grandfather, my, uh, his father died when he was two, mm-hmm. or something, like I think two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had to escape in the middle of the night in Ooh. January Ooh. in the mountains, freezing Ooh. cold. Yeah. A woman died on the way, frozen. Made it to the other side. Yeah. Into Greece. Into Greece, yeah. which was already in a depression. Yeah. So it took him, I don't know, like a decade to even raise the money. To raise the money. <laughs> I live in the nonprofit world. Yeah. <laughs> raise the money. <laughs> Save the money. Yeah. To um, get a trip to Ellis Island. Ooh. And the very last ship that Ellis Island departed from Europe uh-huh. into Ellis Island was the one my grandfather went on. Whoa. And there's Before more, the shit got shut before down. They sh- before Ellis Island was like, we're done with that. Whoa. And then his sisters, his two sisters and his mother were put in workers' camps. Uh, um, and then my, my, his mother was eventually killed, thrown down the stairs. Ah! Yeah. So, out of punishment. And uh, it's just crazy. And you yeah. sit there and think, like, one split decision, one comment. And I might not be here. I'm not. I mean, yeah. who knows what have happened. To, it's just, this is what history is. Yeah. It's like these little moments That's where right. you do or do not make a decision, but there's no stasis. That's right. That's right. And and your your ability to survive and you know have progeny to go on can can like flip like. On a, on a dime. Aye. Good grief. Did so you, that's how I am my, the way I am. <laughs> she's like, she's like, and the end. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. But you, but like all throughout your childhood, were you the only child? Okay. All throughout your childhood, yeah. you're hearing, you're hearing bits and pieces, different, different bits and pieces from your yaya and from your poo about, about what it was like growing up then. But did, did you, how did you understand what they believed it, which what they believed while you were growing up in light of their experience like were they always mm. you know were they always angry uh anytime like you know they saw police overreach in the states because like mm. ah that gets us really close to the scary thing that that i i went through and nobody should go through that were they very were they very um uh, ardent supporters of like free speech or uh, like how did how did you understand how did you understand them growing up in light of their experiences i think um and this changed over time, what I recognized in them. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of immigrant families, you know, education was really important because sure. their education was cut short mm-hmm. um, because of the war. Um, my grandfather, not as much, he, he 
he, but yeah, both of them, but my grandmother never went, never went past second grade. She could barely write in Greek, let alone mm. English. Mm. And I found like her old notebooks and I'm reading her recipes and I, I, I read Greek. I'm not obviously as fluent as she was. And I'm like, that's not how you write that. Like, <laughs> that's not the word for cup of sugar. Yeah, exactly. It was just like spelled wrong or yeah. something. Um, so that was a very important thing to them is education. Um, they were extremely, as cheap as they were, they were the most generous people I've ever met in my life. When my grandmother died and she was she was the matriarch, I mean, she, my grandfather worked for her. That's right. Like literally actually worked for yes. her. Yeah, that's right. She, um, she started a business when um, she, she came to America mm -hmm. and uh, was a seamstress and ended up you know, having essentially a design firm, like four foot two of her in <laughs> Chicago and, um, and ruling with an iron fist. Oh yeah. yeah. And she had people work, all of her cousins. And so every time people would, would move, she would employ them. Mm -hmm. But then when, um, they moved to Tucson, Arizona, cause she had asthma. Mm. She, so, so, so without making this a four hour story no, no, no. about my grandmother, <laughs> um, she, when she died, uh, the day of her funeral, we were staying at my grandparents' house and this man, somebody knocked on the door and I'm like, who are you expecting somebody? Mm. And there's a man in a suit crying his heart out mm. on the in, in front of the, the gate. Mm -hmm. And we opened the gate and, and I didn't know who he was. Yeah. And my mom came out, she, she knew him and, and he says, he's, he lives in Florida. He found out that my grandmother died. He got in the car. Whoa. He changed his clothes, got in the car, and drove from Florida, Arizona Whoa. for the funeral. Turns out that this man, when um, when when we started to accept refugees from Albania and, yep. and other post-Soviet countries, um, but specifically there because it was very poor and protected as mm -hmm. a result and still is, mm -hmm. um, he moved to Tucson and he was working in the church kitchen. Mm -hmm. And my grandmother became very close to him and helped him buy a car and wow. put his two kids through school. Whoa. No one knew about this. No um, one. Nobody. Hey. These two daughters are now literally a doctor and lawyer. You can't make it up. Wow. And then we just started getting flowers and here we knew a few of these stories. Like sure. we knew our cousins, like that she'd done that yeah. when when you know brought them to America after. Mm -hmm. They just did this. Mm -hmm. And they would just write. I mean, they had an account because they were refugees. Hmm. And to add to all of this, the day of my grandmother's funeral was the day that uh, Donald Trump instilled the worst form of his refugee, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. ban. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it was, and she would have been really angry about that. Of so course. you ask what they would have cared about. Uh -huh. My grandmother used to curse at the TV hmm. at every Republican. Uh -huh. <laughs> she just was like, you guys you're care. a devil. You're <laughs> like, she didn't have the, she, she didn't have the political sophistication, but she had the intuitive and personal understanding as to why these people were bad. Right. Because of the suffering that they cause. Yeah. Ah, okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Now, were your parents, how did you understand your parents' politic or ideology growing up? Or did you? Did they? Did you have a sense of it? Um, I knew they were Democrats. My mm -hmm. dad used to be a Republican because hmm. his parents were Republicans. Sure. So, versus my mom's side, which was very, um, you know, and they. It was my childhood was. I don't talk about my childhood a lot mm -hmm. um, because my parents are still alive, and sure. so sometimes I get like angry when I see people say things about me on the internet. And I'm like, that's not true. Right. But I can't tell you like why. You know, mm -hmm. it's just it's like a little personal. Sure. Um. But they, you know, they were 
we moved a lot when I was a kid mm-hmm. and ended up um, settling into my my the house that my dad grew up in. Mm-hmm. And um, it was weird because we got there when I was eight and my dad was had just switched from the Republican Party to, to being an independent mm-hmm. and supporting Ross Perot. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Oh no. I mean, like, I don't think he knew what was going on. <laughs> but was he? What, do you think that at that time he was supporting Ross Perot because he was kind of a, you know, kind of like a, a striver in terms of like, well, you know, you 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 work hard. You know, this is American ingenuity. You can be, re-, you know, like he kind of enjoyed that idea I that was embodied. I, th- I think he was kind of an early version of what we're seeing too much of today, which is uh-huh. like you know, anti-establishment. And like this is, he was rebelling against his parents by not being a Republican. He knew he wasn't a Republican. I see. He now says this all the time. He's like, I knew I wasn't a Republican, Mm -hmm. but that was was my breakaway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then immediately afterwards, he supported Clinton and became very active, very active in the Democratic Party. Oh, wow. Locally and, um, and then he supported Bernie. And it was just like, as time went on, he just became more and more of a version of himself. Hmm. And, and he's not like one of those Midwestern, I'm a Bernie supporter or I could go Trump. No, my dad is like, he's an atheist now. Oh. He like, oh, he's he's like, I mean, he's a little too Rachel Maddow for me, but um, <laughs> but he's Give not. Give your dad a break, poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> He'll sometimes be like, you know, Rachel was saying the other day. I'm like, dad, come to on. Come on. Right. Do you know what I do? Do you but know what I represent? But it could be worse. You could be yeah. listening to some other people. Sure. So, you, so you, you generally understood your parents to be Democrats, but nothing like but not particular or particularly ideological just like party id and generally like we support the democrats because they they sell us the or they they uh, appear to to maybe uh, care more about reducing suffering for more people or most people i think a lot of people probably have that experience that Mm -hmm. you know grew up as democrats or were democrats and just trust the democrats to do the best um you know don't forget they also came up before like neoliberalism had really um solidified like we know the effects of neoliberalism correct it was being experimented with and not fully expressed what it was or it was uh, i don't think it wasn't being fully i think it was the it's ex, it's um explicit expression was invisibilized like that, we yeah, very well said yes actually okay. you you like saw into my soul when yeah. I, <laughs> that's exactly what it was right sure okay so they were like you know we can't afford anything and now like the whole idea i was listening to a reporter today mm-hmm. um on wnyc issues from the washington post and she's like the myth of us not being able to afford everything is gone i'm like what a Washington Post reporter right. is saying this now? It's kind of wild that these yeah. things are being said out loud in the outlets that that exactly. they are occurring. In. Yeah, I got you. Huh? Yeah. Um, go ahead. And and I think a lot of it was local too. I mean, sure. they were. And this is why, like, maybe this is where my side of caring about local parties and why it matters, other than the fact that like you need to defeat Republicans. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the Democratic party stuff they did was much more focused on their community, mm. on their roads, on the, the local, the schools, the things that they were fighting for right. at a very, very hyper-local level. Mm. And the problem is, is it was still intertwined with, you know, the Clintonian, especially because we're in New York State. Sure. You know, Clintonian politics. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it was ever about like Bill Clinton and like what's happening on Capitol Hill and like, mm-hmm. what's the deal? So like my, I don't think they knew what the DLC was. Gotcha. I think they just knew Democrats were cared more about their community yeah. and people and mm-hmm. inclusivity. And 
Republicans were just like, you know, horribly wretched human beings. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> like devils, as grandma would say. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Okay. Um, did you have an understanding of, ah, was your, was your, was your understanding of like class and maybe you didn't think of it as such, but did, was your, was your conception of your and your family's class standing, was that kind of muddied by your grandparents' memories of, hmm. uh, of what they went through? Like, how did you understand it with like, cause it's, it's one thing to, you know, grow up in like a nuclear family, like mom, dad, mm -hmm. any siblings and your, your community. It's quite another to, I think it's quite another to like grow up with, you know, extended family grandparents from another era who kind of infuse ideas or anxieties from that era into the current. I don't know if any of that's making sense. No, it does. Okay. I mean, my mom is extremely conservative in her span in her spending. Sorry, I should have. She's fiscally, Fisc like personally. Yes, just, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, let's not politically. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. Um, although personal is politics, so who knows how that <laughs> plays out. Um, yeah, I mean, my mom. We did not have. My parents were always struggling when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. We had a was a lot of instability from the time I was, we left Tucson and, you know, uh, stability in Tucson was really, I go back, I pass this house all the time, every time I go to visit and it's, it was not, you know, it wasn't the best living situation. Sure. Um, when we left, we, I mean, there were times where we were living in like motels and mm. like really. Before moving to Buffalo? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, and, you know, and then like living in Buffalo, we went to go live in my dad's house that he grew up in, which my grandparents weren't living in. It was a farmhouse. It wasn't uh. like anything. So it was, um, it was, I didn't see, I didn't understand any of these things when mm -hmm. I was a kid. I just wanted to have like a normal life. I just sure. wanted to stay in like one house. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. just wanted, I was, you know, go to elementary school and middle school and see my friends who had like lived on called it like what's a cul-de-sac yeah right, <laughs> like, what, right, is this? Right, what is this um we you know it was it was fine it wasn't I, we had a home and that was eventually we had a home but um there was definitely some instability when i was younger my mom i think tried to make me feel like i had a normal life mm -hmm. as much as possible and sometimes when i'm going through old stuff i'll find like my mom would make things for me yeah. and we would make it like an arts and crafts game yeah. when it was really like she couldn't, we couldn't afford to right, go out and buy it or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but is that how it, did you, did, did that occur to you that what you were experiencing in terms of like, you know, kind of, uh, the, the DIY ness of some yeah. of some the materiality of your life, did that occur to you as like, probably most kids go through this or like, or, Oh no, I understand this to be very different than what most kids are experiencing. Like, did you, did you, uh, did you have a concept of difference there? I knew, I knew a lot of the stuff that I was going through mm -hmm. was not normal to like the kids I went to school with. I got you. Okay. But I also wouldn't say like, I knew I, I had no sense of anything about finances. I heard my parents shouting a lot, but sure, like sure. I didn't know what was really happening. Sure. And I think now, you know, it's I'm 37, so it's been many, many years. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's been 25 years at least and since since those years. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so the other kids I was going to school with mm -hmm. that I thought had these like I mean, I remember there's this like one girl, she told me she got her dress at Kmart, and uh. we were at Kmart one day, and I saw the dress and I was like, her parents spent $9.99 on that dress. <laughs> Literally, that was in my, I remember that so well being uh -huh. like, oh, I wish I could get new clothing. Wow. Like, so some of this 
you don't know why it's digesting a certain way yeah. or like, you know, the f- I was just reading an article about how some lawmakers trying to push for all school meals to be paid for. Mm-hmm. And I was on like the, the reduced, lunch. reduced program. Yeah. yeah. Which by the way, none of it should, yeah, it shouldn't be paid for. Right. And it was, you know, and, and seeing my friends like who had the full pro, it was like a status thing. You didn't know what, why, right. like you felt lesser yeah. going through that line than the other person right. did, but you just knew something was off there. Right. You knew that you weren't equal. It wasn't the same. And yeah. therefore, if it was not the same, it's like, okay, well, th- this difference belies some level of deficiency, not on the part of the child. Yeah. It's not the child's fault, obviously, but just like, oh, we, we aren't on the same equal footing. You don't quite know, you, as a child, you don't quite have the language for that. or right. But it's just like, ah, different, deficient. I get it. There's a difference between what's on your tray and mine. Yeah, okay. And listen, I mean, I'm, I'm so grateful that I had a nuclear family and yeah. I'm so grateful. Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm not. I, I, I'm saying this now as an adult thinking yeah. like, is it great that your parents stay together? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Like, kind of, I'm not saying my parents. I'm, I, I love them and they're together. Yeah. But you know, a lot of trauma is passed down. Like yes. how a lot of men learn to fight is how they see that in yeah. the home. Yeah. So maybe you just like not see that in the home. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, separate. of course. That would make things a world of different. Um, yeah. Huh. Did you, did all, how did, how did all this impact your personality as a child? Like how would your family and your community have described you as a child? Like would, would we all, like if someone, if, if everyone were to close there, everyone who mm. you know has an understanding of you, not that, not that anyone mm-hmm. like knows you except for your close friends and family. But if we were all to close our eyes and, you know, someone were described like little, little gnome, like, would we be like, oh yeah, that's, that's kind of how she is now. Yeah. Or were you no, like no, no. completely no, different? No, they would definitely be like, I don't think anybody was surprised that I ended up really doing what I did. No. <laughs> no? Because okay. around, I think around the age of 12 or 13, I got really interested in politics. Why? Young. Why? I don't know what sparked it. Uh-huh. Um, I just remember suddenly mm-hmm. being, and maybe it was just because my parents were getting involved in local politics mm-hmm. and I started to develop that ability to like debate, mm-hmm. and ask questions. And, and you know, my parents used to take me to a lot of events because I was an only child. Yeah. So I would go to these like political things and I started like memorizing, you know, the county commissioner's <laughs> names and like the, like I was like the Rolodex, like, did you know that the county commissioner is running against <laughs> da 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 was like a former, you know, city council member. Yeah. I, it's like not very different than today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's like, for, you know, third nature, or second, what is it? Third? Second nature. Second nature, thank you. <laughs> third nature. Third okay. rail, second nature, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so it was, I mean. You were very similar to, you yeah. You were, you've always been you. Like, like spunky, precocious, outspoken, like, int- like uh, what's the word? Not, what's the better word for interested? Like, curious, mm-hmm. you know, like, you, you've, all, you've had those traits since being a youngster. Yeah. Okay. I would say probably it I ran for class president when I was in fifth grade. So I think that was probably the first time I was like, oh, politics. This <laughs> is a, I'm really into this thing called politics. You all should see the wild eyed look that she said when she said, ooh, <laughs> politics. Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. Okay. I don't know. I mean, yeah. some kids kind of develop that. And But why do you think you developed it? It was because it was it this gave you an outlet to ask questions or to show off a different type of knowledge that was was more unique or exotic for someone your age or in your town. Ta- like why? Why do you think? Um these are great questions. I my parents would at the dinner table 
talk about like what was happening in the world that day, mm -hmm. even though I was extreme. Or if even if they weren't talking about it with me, mm -hmm. they were talking about it with each other. Right, and you were a witness to it. Yeah, I was uh -huh. witnessing, absorbing it. And so it must have started when I was even younger than that because I think when I was in third grade, was it third grade? Maybe, some, I don't know, maybe even younger. I started recycling business. Mm. Well, who knows what that meant? <laughs> but I had a card uh -huh. and I would just go and pick up people's recycling in my neighborhood uh -huh. and they like give me a nickel or something oh wow so my dad was like this is a business so it's great like this is a business that you're gonna work on uh -huh. you know at yeah. as a child eight years old yeah whatever i was and um but i cared about the environment and so like that was my idea of and a lot of people's idea because we didn't understand that we were being completely greenwashed by the yeah. oil and gas yeah. industry. That's but. right. That's right. So, so just I think, but it, but this is what's happening today with all these young people. Mm -hmm. I mean, all these young people. I saw like ninety-five years old. <laughs> they care about the environment because it's 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 this is our last chance, yeah. and we're about to like go into extinction. Mm -hmm. But they understand that. Yeah, the stakes. Yeah, uh -huh. they understand the stakes. Uh -huh. So it was, it was, it was, it was recycling what we would now call like climate work. Yeah, <laughs> that that really like animated you as a young child, but also like your parents, you know, discussing you know the state of affairs mm -hmm. and you know the political happenings at dinner. It's just like, oh, this is interesting. I want to. Is it that you wanted to you wanted to be able to participate in these conversations? You wanted to have a better understanding of what they were saying and why? Like, it was that. I'm not sure how it how it metabolized. Mm -hmm. I just think it, as I got older, I was more, I was more capable of taking part in these conversations mm -hmm. and asking questions and mm -hmm. it was encouraged in my house. Ah, uh -huh. Um, it's, I think it's really important. It's like, yeah. you have to like nurture that in yeah. your children. Absolutely. Um, and I, and as a result, because I'm also an only child, I think that I sometimes struggle with some of the gender dynamics that mm -hmm. we face always. Um, even more so because it wasn't the norm in my house to what do you be, like shut down. Or, okay, for instance, I was moving some furniture the other day because mm -hmm. that's what I'm doing right now. It's yeah. just buying furniture and <laughs> getting settled. <laughs> getting settled. <laughs> and this, this, uh, you know, the, the driver that picked up to help me with the furniture was um, who's Russian, mm -hmm. and he and I had a friend helping out a guy friend because <laughs> I couldn't lift it all. Yeah, and um. And they just were shutting me out. It was mm. clear that like I was trying to spatially set up the yeah, car. Yeah. And the Russian guy just kept telling me to like, be careful, be careful, Relax. be careful. I'm and, not like, going to harm myself. And like shutting me out. Yeah. And then like my friend, you know, in moments of kind of, it wasn't crisis, but it was just, you know, when you're moving, there's like a lot of things happening. Yeah. There's like cars going by, there are people beeping, all this stuff. And so he's shutting me out. And I'm like, why am I not allowed to talk? First right. off, it's my furniture. Actually. I actually might have a better sense of spatial awareness than you two yeah. do because you can't figure this out. That's right. And it's just like, that's the kind of thing that was never normalized in my life. Mm. And so it like, it irks me. Mm -hmm. I think many women feel that way. Sure. Especially as they get older and, and more you know, conscious of what, how these dynamics play out. But mm. it was, all, I've, I've never, there was no like awakening for me. It was mm. like, you know, when a teacher wouldn't pick on you in class, I was, I immediately felt like I wasn't heard. And, yeah. and I think it's because of my house. Mm. Because at home, uh, is another way of saying this, is at home, like you, you they weren't, uh, there was not, there was not this strict binary of like gender roles. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, Noma's our, you know, female child, but you know, she's going to have to learn a Take out the trash, you know, mm -hmm. get some of Yaya's recipes, you know, fuck, I don't know, fuck, learn how to assemble a table, like all these yeah. things. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like, she's a girl, so let's, let's keep her 
pristine and delicate oh, God, over no. here. I see. None of that. Okay. Okay. You had yeah. to, you had to, you had to learn how to function independent of gender norms. Yeah. And, mm. and I learned how to cook for my grandmother actually. Mm. Like when I went, yeah, when I uh, went to college, I stayed with her for quite a bit of time. And, mm. and I just always, I think I was just, I like food. So yeah. right. nothing food to do with it. gender. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, just like, like I like to eat. I like flavors. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, flavors and spices. Right Yeah. On. Huh. Yeah, I think, I think that was it. Um, mm. And my father was pretty, I think he was raised by a, a, a very, a special woman too. Like mm-hmm. she was, you know, she was more in a gender her you would I mean if you're looking on the surface my mom's mother took on more of the gender roles but yeah. she was just doing everything she was a control freak yeah, <laughs> that's, right. That. that's right no, I am every woman it's all in me <laughs> she's yes. like I'm a business leader <laughs> I am a cl- I can clean the house that's right and I'm an I excellent cook. cook yeah that's right that's right and I can order my husband around <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's the most fun part actually mm-hmm. uh interesting yeah um what type of student were you growing up good student yeah okay yeah. throughout everything like you didn't have a rough academic I, patch i had a rough patch um my senior year because i was just ready to get the hell out okay all right but <laughs> other than like, that i'm over this yeah 9 11 had happened too and i Ooh. think it was just it was it was a lot it was a lot i think for a lot of people i yeah, yeah, you know yeah. um no i was a i was a pretty i was a pretty good student yeah. okay all right and you did you enjoy school i loved school okay because because i loved learning okay all i right. loved socializing with people yeah um, no, not, not no. <laughs> I, I mean, I was like, I was not a sporty person. I love sure. tennis. I, I, when I discovered tennis, I felt so much better about my, hmm. my, uh, physical abilities. Okay. Um, you know, this is like an aspect of how much of how uh, the sport culture really mm. pushes out so many people that might actually be very good when it comes to, I mean, now an adult, I'm very physically active. Sure. You would never think. She sucked at sports, but I was horrible at sports. I, I was like the last girl picked. No, no. Whatever. These are just classic Americana stories. It's yeah. not anything, you know. Nothing too deep. Nothing, nothing yeah, over okay. the top. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, school was, it was good. Okay. Uh, even despite the fact that we moved around a lot, mm-hmm. I, I, partly because I think I was an only child and I would just spend a lot of time reading. Sure. Um, and I loved to read. Okay. What types, what types of books did you enjoy reading? When I was a kid? Yeah. Um, Everything really. Mm. I mean, I got into nonfiction as I was in high school. Mm. Now I'm. Now I spend way too much time reading nonfiction because mm. of the work that we do. Sure. Um, but I try to every fourth book add a little fiction, and so right. I don't a little feel palate like cleanser. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mental palate cleanser. Okay. When it was time for you to go to school, was that was that the expectation, the familial the familial expectation, like Norma's going to college? Oh yeah. Okay. All right. What there did, were no there like, was no question about no that. questions. Okay. What uh did what was your idea about what you wanted to study and or be? Even though I think that's a ridiculous question we ask seventeen year olds like oh what do you want to be what, oh, yeah. like figure out your life right now like what, what what did you want to do and like was that the same as like your your parents and your family's like dream for you like were you supposed to be the family's lawyer were you supposed to be the family's doctor were you supposed like did they have a dream for you and did that match for what you wanted to do for yourself. They, um, my mom didn't care. My dad wanted me to be a lawyer because he just thought, because he's a lawyer and he just thought that I had a good brain for being a lawyer. Um, I was part of like mock trial Mm. and I did that in college. And then I interned, uh, I think I ended up being, I don't know if it was actually an internship in the end. God, it's been so long. Um, what is it called? A 
file clerk. Sorry, I couldn't mm-hmm. think of it. So At I a ended law up, firm. yeah, exactly. So I went to this big law firm in Arizona called Fenimore Craig, and I had like multiple stories and. And I remember the interview so well. Like I, you know, got a suit for it. Like it was like one of these, you know, over the top. <laughs> and I'm sure it's went to like, the limited. Yeah, I, I was about to, to say <laughs> express. I know exactly what suit you're talking about because we all. Yes. Yep. I remember <laughs> it. I was like, I'm going to wear this suit every day. I wonder if they're going to notice if I change the <laughs> shirt underneath. Because <laughs> I can't afford. <laughs> that's right. That's all. Have- you, but did you want to be a lawyer? Dad wanted you to be a lawyer. Did you want to be? A lawyer? I think I like. I had convinced myself I wanted to be. And then I went to this law firm and it was one of those soul sucking law yeah. firms. And like the lighting was like really that horrible lighting. Yeah. And fluorescent. Flu- yeah. Soul draining. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. It was like dark wood and carpet. And the, I remember the offices were really small for the lawyers. And the guy who was like a one of the partners who's 95 years old had a corner <laughs> office. And he would get in at like eight o'clock in the morning and then he would leave at like seven at night. I was like, this is his entire life. No, absolutely Why not. do people do this to themselves? Yeah. And I just decided I'm going to take a break. I'm not going to. I, I will not do the law school thing if I change my mind. Mm. Um, when did you decide this in undergrad? Like after, what year? This is, no, no, this is during the Fenimore Craig this is senior year internship. Oh, oh, oh. This or, is before you got to undergrad. This No, 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 no. I'm sorry. This is senior year of undergrad being like, this is not. After this internship in the soul-sucking law Yeah, firm. I oh, just, okay. I remember the last time. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know. Nowadays, obviously, life is long and we start to understand complexity. I yeah. mean, my dad was a lawyer. Obviously, I there was another version of being a lawyer. Yeah. But in my mind, I was yeah. like, this is what you have to do. Right. And it wasn't appealing to you. And I just felt like it was disgusting. And Yeah, no. Um, and so I ended up, oh, I was just serving. I was serving at three different restaurants. At the end of college? I was throughout college okay. from high school into college, mm-hmm. after college, mm-hmm. I was service. And then I think when I was 25 or 26, mm-hmm. somewhere around then, I said, this is, Obama was elected. It was mm-hmm. the year Obama was elected. I was mm-hmm. like, I cannot do this anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just, I felt Too like, much. well, I felt like what was happening was I was doing it as a means to an end. And then I was doing service just – it was just all of my hours. And I was jumping from one service job to another. And mm-hmm. I had a couple of them where, like, there were new restaurants and they weren't really – Didn't have a lot of – a ton of uh, patrons. They weren't clients. paying. I mean, it was horrible. I'd come home with, like, $20 in tips or $13 ooh, in tips. Oh, ooh. And after two or three – and, you know, when you're younger, yeah. especially if you're a woman, you're not – you're just like, oh, okay, well, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. Why? (laughs) (laughs) Why are you doing this? Right. Fuck this noise. Absolutely not. Yeah. So, and then I started working. I mean, I was was working on campaigns in between then because Mm -hmm. campaigns are not long-term work. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Where'd you go to school? University of Arizona. Okay. Oh, sorry. I skipped that part. Yes, you did. When we were going to Arizona, It was just like, I mean, I studied political science. Okay. And that's. Did you lose your mind in college? Um, were you like a coyote ugly where we're dancing oh on top no. of a bar every single weekend? Go yeah. Wildcats or whatever the fuck they you guys is mask- Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we didn't doubt. Assume it's a Wildcat. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was the 2000s. So huh? it was like everyone was out going to clubs, but yeah, I didn't course. really drink. I mean, I'm, I drink now. I yeah, drink, yeah, sure. Of course I you have to. Get wine every night. <laughs> <laughs> but I was a little like goody two shoes about that kind of stuff okay. like i wanted you didn't you were not just blacking out every no, weekend. no 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 no, no. Not, at all. not at all not no and i didn't like the fat life i oh, felt okay. <laughs> i felt like it was i was just talking about this with a friend of mine it's like there's this place <laughs> i don't know why i brought this up <laughs> but 
there was this place outside the university, like right off of one of the streets called Dirt Bags. And everyone mm. knows it that goes to Tucson. Mm-hmm. Like musicians will go there. I don't know. It comes up in anytime somebody mentions like, oh, I've been to Tucson. Yeah, I went to Dirt Bags. I'm like, why? <laughs> why did you go to Dirt Bags? Right. It was like the frat place that uh-huh. people went. And you, I went there maybe twice. And you walk in, it smells like frat puke of like beer no. puke. That was not my scene. Mm-mm. Nasty. Um, but people had house parties. I was really, we, there's a, Tucson's very close to Mexico. Mm-hmm. So um, the Greek, there's a lot of Greeks in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of Greek Mexicans. And so the Greek oh. Mexican community had a lot of overlap. Oh, okay. So I would go to like a lot of Mexican Greek parties. Oh, and, okay. And then through that, like there were different, the Arab community uh-huh. was very, like we've always I did not similar. know there was a big I know, Greek Mexican. Was it so like instead of cotija cheese on our tacos, we're putting feta? <laughs> like that type of no 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 because he has kind of like that actually okay. yeah um no it's just there's um there's i mean like everywhere a lot why did there's a bunch of greeks go to arizona i mean there's just a lot of lebanese and oh, in mexico um you know there's there's lots of communities like mm-hmm. if you go anywhere in south america you'll there's a lot of italians and yeah you know are in argentina or uh, uh every i mean every region has a different sure. kind of angle but in this part of mexico mm-hmm. There's two states below Arizona, um, Sonora and Sinaloa. Uh-huh. They Oof. both have a lot, especially Sinaloa has a lot of Greeks oh. um, that bought up, got into the produce industry. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. So many of these people are still very, very, very good of friends of mine, my yeah. college friends. Uh-huh. Um, and then I went and I studied in Mexico and it was kind of cool and they, you know, right just different. It was different. Uh-huh. And it, it's funny because people ask me, they're like, oh, you went to UVA. Did you party a lot? I'm like, I mean, I went to like, Mexican Greek Arabic parties. <laughs> like, <what? laughs> right. I went to the UN parties that we had on yeah, campus. Yeah, that's really yeah. what it was. It was like <laughs> I don't know how these communities overlap, but they did, and yeah, and, and it worked. It worked. Yeah. It was okay. Just like little, little, uh, lot of lot of flavor. Is okay. what I'll say. Flavor. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of spices, different types of spices. You know. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> bet I would have loved attending those Mexican Greek parties. <laughs> Up next in her part two, her life after college, which eventually led to being in media in a roundabout way. And what led to that explosive blow up at the DNC Unity Reform meeting. Mm-hmm. Part two is up on the Patreon right now. Head on over to patreon.com slash what's left to do. That's P-A-T- R-E-O-N dot com slash what's left to do. If you'd like to support this work another way, please head to what's left to do dot com slash support. Okay, see you over on Patreon. <laughs>